This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. This is episode one, and today's topic is my best day on the river. But first, since this is our initial podcast, we'd like to introduce ourselves so you know who you're listening to. So Dave, who in the world are we anyway? Well, we are lifelong friends, and we're doing this solely for the love of fly fishing. We both have day jobs. Yep. And you're a pastor. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a marketing strategy firm that I started about 15 years ago. Right. And uh, we're both the same age, aren't we? We are. Although your family, you have four kids and I have four kids. Your family is about 15 years older. Your youngest is 21 and my youngest is six. Yeah, that's right. And our oldest, let's see, my youngest and your oldest both play college football too. Yeah, that's fun. It's fun to talk about. Yeah, it really is. Uh, We ought to tell you a little bit about our background. Uh, Dave, tell me, where'd you grow up? uh, Well, I grew up in North Dakota and I met you in Montana when I was 18. Right. And then uh, eventually I made my way to Colorado where I got married. And then in 1993, actually 1992, we moved to the Chicago area. Yeah, and I, uh, kind of similar journey, although I grew up in central Illinois, but I, I migrated west uh, during my college years, and and yeah, like Dave said, met Dave there, uh, spent a couple years on the coast and uh, of, of Oregon, uh, actually in Portland, going to college, grad school, and then uh, moved back to Montana, lived there for 20 years before uh, moving to the Chicago area about nine years ago. Isn't it really cool that we ended up both in Chicago? Yeah, it really is. Kind of Although ironic, kind of, isn't it? And also it? tragic. Yes. A couple guys who love to fly fish and love the West. And, and here we are in the burbs, huh? Yeah. Well, I do love the Chicago area. love the city yeah, of Chicago. I do too. But yeah. I do miss uh, the proxim- you know, proximity yep. to all the great rivers in the West. Yeah. I'm the same. I agree. Now, we really should uh, tell you that we are both average fly fishermen. Well... Um, Steve is average. <laughs> I'm unbelievable. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, man. I learned to fly fish from Steve, so... Me. So that's why you are average. <laughs> well, and given that, we're, this is really not a how-to as much as it is conversations that we hope will, will enlighten you and inspire you and entertain you. Uh, yeah, we hope you learn something along the way, but especially if you're an aspiring fly fisherman, a lot that you can pick up. But this is not going to be a highly technical uh, set of podcasts. We, we really want to swap some great stories about fly fishing and try to help you uh, uh, really enjoy it and share our love in it. Yep, and catch more fish. I mean, there'll be yeah. some practical insights along the way, but hopefully they'll be embedded in great stories. Yeah. You know, we really want to explore friendship. You know, I've been friends right. for 35 yes. years, which mm-hmm. has been one of the great gifts of mm-hmm. our lives. Our faith, mm-hmm. you and I, uh, that's important to both of us. Right. And, and these insights, uh, practical insights to help improve our craft. Yeah, exactly. And and kind of using this too as a, as a venue for talking about life. A lot of, lot of life lessons, I guess, that you can learn from fly fishing and, and, 
and I think we both have had a lot of time on the water that have probably helped us process some of the tough stuff that we're going through. So that's kind of where we're coming from. And again, we want to uh, uh, deepen your love for the art of fly fishing at the same time uh, catching more and bigger fish. So let's talk about our best days on the, the river. Uh, Dave, start with you. Tell me about your one of your best days on the river. Well, you know, it's... <laughs> It's really difficult to choose only one day. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you know, every time you and I go to the West, if we spend three or four days in Montana, ultimately, at least if we've looked at the patterns through the years, one of those days ends up being a great day. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, if I was going to pick one day, uh, there's one day that's burned into my mind, and I can even remember the year it was 1996, and it was the last day of February, and um, there was a midge hatch going on at the mouth of the bear trap. Oh, that was a painful day because I had the opportunity to go with you guys. I think you you went with a mutual friend, a guy named Dave, and uh, I, I don't I, remember that. I think it was last minute, and that's why uh, I got invited. But I said no. I've I've got uh, I got to work, and uh, probably not one of my better decisions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you what, it was I, we almost didn't go, but it was snowing so hard, yeah. and it was coming straight down. And by the time we got to the fishing access, the parking lot, uh, what's the name of that? Is oh it- yeah, the Warm Springs access. It's it's right at the mouth of the Bear Trap canyon uh, the lower end of the bear trap mm-hmm. and i remember we actually there was no one else in the parking lot and it was probably one o'clock in the afternoon and yeah. we we basically drove in and got stuck yeah it wasn't dave driving his old uh, that orange uh, vw van again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it yeah. was so you know we piled out of the a van and and you know put on our waders and started working uh. upstream and um, you know the snow kept coming, and it, we probably were fishing an hour or so, and we may have been up a quarter mile to a half mile. Yeah, up. that's right. In fact, I think maybe Dave is the one who calls that place the the rock garden. There's a yes. whole bunch of rocks that are uh, kind of half submerged, and yeah, I know right where that is. And uh, just all of a sudden, the midges started hitting, and there was a hatch going on, and and if when it's snowing like that, the water is black yeah you can't see you know you can't see your fly yeah it's tough and yet that's that's such a great time to fly fish isn't it i mean the 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 worst weather for fly fishers is some of the best weather for fly fishing isn't it it's so true sometimes you think you know if it's sunny out and 60 degrees it's great but that's often the worst seems like that that overcast cloudy weather it really triggers those hatches so i think we were we were fishing a dry i think we were fishing uh, parachute atoms yeah but you were probably like a size 18 or something in that stretch i mean you couldn't see it but you could feel it and um i don't know how many fish we caught i mean i'd like to say it was hundreds but (laughs) (laughs) you know between the two of us probably in 40 45 minutes probably 20 25 fish wow and um it was just one of those days that you know you don't even i don't even remember being cold it wasn't until we got back to the van 
and we go, oh no, we have to peel off our waders and then oh, dig wow. out the van. <laughs> and, and then you realize how cold, uh, how cold we were that day. And that probably added to the charm, didn't it? It did. Yeah. You know, I've never been able to fish with gloves oh, and uh, you've been able to do that. I just well, can't. I, I have to use gloves. My hands, they, they are the first thing to get cold. I, I don't know why. I must not have good circulation, but. My wow. hands are always cold, but I just, it's just, yeah. I've never found gloves that work for me. But anyway, it was just one of those terrific days and. <sighs> And uh, cold, wet, yeah. but by the end of it, it was one of those memories of a lifetime. Good. So, Steve, tell me a little bit about what you think your best day on the river. Yeah, like you, it's hard to isolate one. But ironically, the day I remember most happened on that same stretch of water, but it was later. It was uh, uh, 2003. It was the last day of the month, but it was March, March 31st, uh, 2003. And if it seems kind of weird that I remember the date, it's because I, I keep a journal and, you know, sometimes record things that you know, are significant in my life, and and uh, that's fly fishing. So I I often have a, a journal entry of where I fished, and so uh, that that's why I remember March thirty first, two thousand three, and it was actually a gorgeous day. It was sixty degrees, and it was sunny, which again is not always uh, the best day for uh, fly fishing. But uh, it was such a gorgeous day. I I had uh, something in the morning, but then I had the rest of the day off. So uh, I. I lived in Belgrade, Montana, north of Belgrade at that point, and I decided I was going to drive south and fish the Gallatin River right before you would come. This is on Route 191, right before you'd come to the mouth of the Gallatin Canyon. Uh, there's a, a stretch of the Gallatin where you can fish by parking at Williams Bridge, and Ted Turner actually owns that property. Man, he, he owns everything from there over to the Madison where we fish fish. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a huge amount of land. But anyway, uh, he's very gracious to uh, fly fishers. He he actually had a, a couple of nice uh, parking areas right by the bridge. And, and in Montana, as is in some of the other western states, they have a, you know, they have this uh, access, um, you know, stream access law so that you can, um, you know, you can walk along the side of, of a river uh, as long as you don't give it above high water mark. Anyway, I was going there to fish I, there was a run that I really liked to fish, and and I, and I pulled in that day just shortly after noon, and oh, there were about five or six cars in this parking area. Uh, I thought I hate that. Oh, I do too, and and I know that stretch of river. That's just you know, there's just too many people on it. So I, I pulled back out to the main highway. I drove another mile south to the mouth of the canyon. And there's a place where Spanish Creek empties in. I thought, I'll fish here. A bunch more cars. And, and at that point, I'm just disgusted. And I thought, okay, everybody's going to be out today. It's so nice. And, I, and I just, I'm just going to head home. So I'm, I'm driving north now towards Belgrade. And, and I came to Four Corners. And that's where you would turn off if you wanted to go fish the the Madison and, and the bear trap where you talked about and, and I thought about it and I thought no I'm sure it's packed and and I haven't done that well out there so I, I drove through the intersection and about a quarter mile later I thought you know 
this is such a gorgeous day and my wife is still working. My kids are in school. Let me just interrupt. Yeah. It's always a great day when your spouse is working and you get to fly fish. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Slight guilt followed by no memory of it at all. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I thought I've got to take advantage of this. And I, I turned around and, and went down to Four Corners and I headed out to the Madison and a couple of uh, fishing accesses I passed. There were a lot of cars. I get to Warm Springs and I don't think there was anybody. There might have been a drift boat trailer parked there. I was kind of shocked. But I, I walked up river a little ways, a little past that rock garden where you guys fished. And and I hadn't been there for probably three years, but I I just started fishing uh, up along the bank and, and I caught you know, I caught a couple trout and and then then I hit the perfect storm. You know, a couple things happened. One is I, I stumbled literally into this hole that uh, yeah, it's kind of become famous now between Dave and me, we call it Rainbow Run. And so I, I, I end up in this run that, that turns out to be fabulous, but also I lost my fly. Yeah, I got it snagged on a rock or something. And so I pull up my fly box and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, this is the spring. I know that, uh, you know, the rainbows are spawning. And so I thought maybe I'll try an egg pattern. So I pulled out an egg pattern that a friend of mine had tied for me and tied that on. And then I, I dropped a little fly beyond, behind behind that a little red uh like a size 18 i think it's a it was a dave's emerger which is is a lot like a red copper john i was thinking it's like a red copper yeah yeah exactly so i i put that thing on and i just started getting one hit after another and in three hours three hours of fishing from about i'd say 2:30 to 5 30 i caught oh i landed over 25 rainbows and these are all 15 to 19 inches are you sure it was 25? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was probably more like 50, but yeah. you know, to be accurate, I, I thought I'd cut it in half. Just because you hook one doesn't mean that counts. I know, I know. But, uh, hey, I, I, no, I'm convinced it was it was over 25. And these are, I mean, these are beautiful rainbows. They're so gorgeous that time. Oh, they year. really are. And I, I, I realized later, okay, I, I probably stumbled onto a, a an area where they're spawning and I remember the water was a little off color that day so I really couldn't see uh, but later when I went back I discovered yeah right in that run there were several reds or, or spawning beds and and so I was I was relieved that I hadn't walked on those something you never want to do never disturb those spawning beds uh, I, I don't mind fishing over them but I, I don't want to walk in them but uh, that that's that's what it was and it turns out that I think over the years, we, we've done fairly well when we've gone there and I, fished I, well, that. Yeah, I, and I, I remember trying it like in August, September. We just never do as well there. Uh, no, no. I've got one story that I'll share in a later podcast about catching some browns in that run. But oh, That's interesting. But yeah, for the most part, uh, it's it's good in the spring, and then by the, the summer, it, it's just too warm to fish. But the, the other thing I wanted to say 
the only thing that would have made that day better is if I would have had someone with me and not, not just so they could corroborate all those big fish that I caught <laughs> that you doubt, <laughs> but now really, uh, you know, it's great to share that with somebody else. And, and I did, then I took my sons, uh, my boys back, uh, the next couple days and they caught fish there and, and, uh, took another friend, he caught some fish and then you and I, uh, started fishing there. Uh, but th- that was, that was just a remarkable day because I usually have not had days like that. I always heard guys talk about, yeah, I had a 25 fish day and I'm thinking, well, what is that? And, and finally I had one and it was, I think it was sweeter because I, I, I almost didn't do it that day. I almost quit and went home. Uh, but uh, eventually had second thoughts, went back. And, and I mean, that was such a gorgeous day. The, it was warm, but the, the sun then was setting, you know, behind the mountains. So for a while there was just shade in the canyon and just hard to describe it. You know, ducks are through there. And oh, it's I remember just a, it's uh, such a theater. Yeah, isn't that's it? a gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. area. By the way, just as a final note to the story. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take anybody to that hole anymore, all right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. And you notice we're trying to be really vague about where it is. Uh, funny thing is, I think a lot of guys have fished it, but they don't really, maybe they don't realize, um, you know, that it's as good as it is, and they fish it quick and don't stay there. I mean, we, we kind of fish it like a steelhead run. We, we go through it, and one guy goes through it, and then the next guy is maybe, what, 20 yards or 25 yards yeah. above him, and we work down, and then we come back up and go through the thing again so how long is that run do you think is it oh man it's only uh i want to say about 75 yards long you think that's about right yeah 75 it might that might be a little long but yeah yeah. Yeah. so steve on what do we what have we learned on these best days ever on the water yeah, what have a, you learned? That's a good question. I think one of the things I've learned is that these days are few and far between, at least for us. us, us. I mean, if you read blogs or books on fly fishing or you watch outdoor videos, sometimes you, you get the idea that, you know, that every day you're hauling in, you know, uh, you're getting 20 to 25 big fish. And, and honestly, uh, those days are kind of an aberration. I mean, a lot of times you'll go out and, you know, a good day, maybe three fish or, or four fish and so I think I've learned to uh, to savor those to appreciate them I also need to say this that I think some of what makes for a best day ever and I alluded to this in my story um, is obviously it's more than catching fish yeah I yeah. need to catch fish or I get restless but right. it's much more than that and just recently I was invited uh, to a hunting club uh, north of Chicago into, into Wisconsin. And I grew up in North Dakota, so I grew up hunting pheasants and grouse and, you know, never had to ask for permission because you were hunting on either your land or, or I should say our land or someone else's that you knew. And and uh, so you're you're hunting in the wild. You're actually hunting. Right. Um, but I was invited to the shooting club. As you know, when you go to these shooting clubs, um, they pen the birds. So they yeah. raise them or they purchase them and then they place them in the field. And then you walk through the field with your dog or dog 
dogs and and scare them up and then you shoot them. But I was grateful for the opportunity to do that. But I came away thinking, I'm just not into shooting. I'm into hunting. Yeah. And the same is true for fishing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm certainly for fly fishing. I'm not just interested in fly in catching fish. I'm really interested in the context. I'm interested in the experience. And so for yeah. me, you know, when I think about my best day ever, you know, I'm thinking about how unbelievably cold I was after we were walking back to the truck or the van and after we were trying to dig the van out, but, you know, casting against, you know, into that black water. And there's just all this amazing uh, different bits of memory that have tied to that that one day. So, you know, for me, I, I think that for me, the message is I need to to accept these moments as a gift, you know, to savor them. And right. really, the more you fly fish, the more likely they will happen. Yeah, you don't catch fish if you're not out in the water. So I think, you know, the key is staying in the moment and not getting caught up into netting more fish. <laughs> That's and you and I have struggled with this. Oh, I know. That's so hard to do. It reminds me of, of the end of Ernest Hemingway's short story, Big Two-Hearted River. Uh, Nick Adams is the main character, and he's come to the end of a great day of fly fishing. And, and I love the way the story ends, because it kind of speaks to that temptation to continue. Let me, let me read this. It's the, the final lines of his story. Story ends like this. Nick stood up on the log, holding his fly rod, then stepped into the water and splashed ashore. He climbed the bank and cut up into the woods toward the high ground. He was going back to camp. He looked back. The river just showed through the trees. There were plenty of days coming when he could fish the river where it entered the swamp. I love that phrase, plenty of days coming. Yeah, that's right. You have to remember that, don't you? Yeah, I'm just, you know, I just, as soon as I'm done fly fishing, I always am looking forward to the the plenty of days that are still ahead. Absolutely. So, well, that's all for today. And our topic for the next podcast is five ways to catch more trout. And since Steve and I are at, well... Steve is an average fly fisherman. There you go again. (laughs) Uh, You'll appreciate this patently obvious, but really basic podcast on some simple ways to hook more trout. Things that I wish I was able to absorb when I was 18. Yeah, me too. And we'll throw in some great stories too. In the meantime, check out our website, twoguysinariver.com. That's two with a numeral, uh, twoguysinariver.com. We'd love for you to post on our blog about your best day ever. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. So I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Mm-hmm.